0: Church, Charlotte. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everyone else. Put your hands together one more time. Lift your voice. You've got a shout of praise in the house if you will do that with me. We bless you, oh God. We praise you for your goodness. I feel like God's been better than us than, than that. I think we ought to do it again. And you need to think about how good God's been to you. Lord Jesus, I just want to say thank you, oh God. Thou art worthy and glorious and we bless you today. Amen, amen. God bless you all. So today is sweet Sunday, first Sunday of the month. If you are visiting with us. Um, or you just want to uh, see if you can steal something. Uh, They have sweet things out front. We love our visitors. We go the extra mile to include you, uh, not just try to impress you. Um, We try to do as good as we can do, uh, but church is not about being impressed. Church is about becoming a spiritual family together. And so we will always work harder to include you than we will work to impress you. In fact, a church that works harder to impress than it does to include is an unhealthy spiritual environment. All right, moving along. So a few other items. Um, we have made a digital connect card, which we you can just use your phone to directly connect with. We do not nag you, but if you want to get updates about church prayer meetings, church Bible studies, uh, et cetera, et cetera, if you will put your name, if you will go through and enter your name, you will get all those notifications. I promise you we will not harass you. You have enough harassment in your life. Um, one other thing, this Wednesday night we will be changing the digital link for Wednesday night Bible study. It is uh, a better solution for what we need it to be. It will be sent out on Wednesday in the form of a text before the event, so you just can click through or type it into your laptop, but it will not be the same link. You have been warned. <laughs> we are always trying to improve. Um, the goal is for us to be able to stream. At the same time, I take questions uh, and have it on all the church platforms, the website, and it be the same quality as a live service. We're working toward that, but some of this stuff is pretty complicated, and so Uh, Just be patient with us. Things get better every, almost on a week-by-week basis. We're always working hard to make things better. We have a great team here at First Church. I'm so thankful for my team. that makes me look cool so thankful for our band, which does a great job leading us into the presence of God. Thankful for our worship pastor. He is actually transitioning to help his family start a church in Myrtle Beach. Um, he's been involved for a long time. I don't think that he is really following the will of God in this, um, but I love him, and believe it or not, I'm just teasing about that. Uh, I'm I'm just cutting up. I, you know how I do. No one ever leaves me, and, and it's the will of God. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I never hold anybody back, but I always will tease you as a sign of affection. And so we uh, consider the church there, Body of Christ, in Myrtle Beach, one of our sister congregations, and we are involved with them. And so it's really just a, um, a step one from one uh, heart uh, house of our heart to another house of our heart. He will be back on a regular basis, and uh, he will not lose his connection with us. But you have been told. Am I happy about it? You see this face? All right. So let me see if there's anything else we need to do before we get started. Lord Jesus, would you speak to us today? Lord, I'm not interested in making anybody think I'm a good preacher today. Um, I really want to help somebody. The, the, The only thing I can do to really make a difference is help somebody connect to you your power your grace I want to feed the church Lord Jesus so that means including saved people uh, in my teaching Uh, but I also want to have an open heart to the uh, outsider the stranger who is looking to begin a closer walk with you help me to do a good job today in Jesus name Amen I apologize for not hugging everybody out front and going around the room and hugging everybody I miss doing that I've been sick for a week I do not have fever I would not be here with fever Don't say you love me and bring fever to my house. I would not be here without a fever, uh, but I've had some kind of a cold thing going on, and so that's why I've kept my distance. And All right, let's get started. I'm reading Philippians chapter number four, verse number two. My title today is Blocking Force. You'll understand as we go. This is the Apostle Paul writing in a very pastoral manner to the church there at Philippi. And uh, he says this, verse two, chapter four. I implore you, Euodia, and I implore Sintichi to be of the same mind in the Lord. I implore. Have you ever met people in church who can't get along? <laughs> That was a discouragingly lack uh, of response there. You, some of you guys have been fighting for years. You're like, I don't know anybody. You're talking about me. Euodia uh, um, uh, and Sinti- Tici, they, they they have a history. Mm, they have a history. I'd like you to be of the same mind in the Lord, the Apostle Paul. Uh, and I urge you also, true companion, to help these women who labored with me in the gospel. They're going to need some help um, getting along. They've been fighting for years. My zipper undone or something today? <laughs> just just come up here. I'll make a joke out of it. If anything's ever wrong with me, just come up here and fix it. I'll make a joke out of it. I ain't scared, okay? Uh, she said she's scared of my jokes. <laughs> Uh, Help these women get along. They worked with me in the gospel, but they just cannot get along. Somebody say, oh, Jesus. Jesus. They're good women, but they just can't get along. Uh, Help Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be known to the Lord. But the Lord already knows. Yeah, but there's something about you. You need to say it. It doesn't require any faith to say, oh, the Lord knows. What requires faith is you to speak a change into your world. Don't have time to preach that. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I want to start with an important question. Why would the apostles start by calling calling somebody out uh, by name? Okay, now I, I embarrassed this beautiful young lady here on the front row by calling her out, so I'm calling her out again today. I embarrassed her the other day. And you know what? I wasn't even mad at her. I was mad at Melix and Don. <laughs> I wasn't even mad at her because Melik and Don are good. they there talking about their cousins and they're so loud. This whole side of the church aren't even looking at me. They're looking at Melix and Don. Can I get an amen from this side of the church? <laughs> <laughs> they're over here like, blah, 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 blah. I mean, baby, I wasn't even mad at you. I was mad at them. And I didn't call them out. I called her, they called her and her little partner in crime down here, both so cute. If they walk in the room and you don't say aw, something is broke with your awe machine. I called them out. I didn't call these suckers over here out. Huh? Um, called them out later. <laughs> um, and she came up to me after the she came up to me after the service and she had tears running down her face. I'm sorry, baby. You're going to heaven. I'm 50-50, but you're going to heaven. Um, uh, she came up tears going down, just streaming down her face, and she said, Pastor Nathan, I don't ever want to cause you any trouble. Wow. She's just falling up here. Well, let me tell you something. I didn't sleep good that night. <laughs> Melix and Don did. (laughs) Why would the apostle call him out by name? You got to admit, that's funny. That worked. Everybody loved that. So y'all can be happy in the same drawers you got unhappy in, okay? So why would the Apostle Paul call them out name by name? I'll tell you why. Because their inability to get along is bigger than their relationship. The whole church knows about that junk. The whole church knows about that trouble. Everybody knows. There's no other reason to make things public until they're public. You see what I'm saying? And so um, he calls them out by name. So let me say this, and I want you to think about it. This is not a small thing. It has consequences, and I'd like you to, if you can, if it's within your heart to do it, I'd like you to think about this on a spiritual layer of your life and the consequences that come from it. Some trials come to us uh, not because of what we're exposed to, not because of circumstances in our life, but because of who we are. Yes. I didn't get any amens except for my amen front row over here. I love my amen front row. I don't even want to come to church when I don't have my amen front row up here. You'd think Don and Melix would be my amen front row over here, but no, it's these sweethearts right up. Anyway, moving along. Thank you, sir. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm having fun with this. That's what you do when you show up you felt bad all week. You're like, my God, who can I make an example out of? What are you laughing at, Anthony? You're next. <laughs> I'm I love you guys. They know I love them. I can't be grumpy, but they know I love them. So um, anyway, uh, if what if there's some trials you have, not because what you have been surrounded by, not because of circumstances in your life, but because of your nature? Somebody say my nature. I have some trials that are because of who I am. And let me tell you about that. Because I struggle to change, I'm going to have that struggle, that battle for a very long time because that's who I am. Are you grumpy in the morning? You're going to be grumpy for a very long time in the morning. You're going to fight that battle over and over. I remember hearing a message by an elder uh, when I was a young preacher, and he entitled it "The The Sin That Wears the Golden Crown." And I've referenced it before because it lingers with me. Uh, what is the sin that, if you end up lost, it's probably going to be that? What's the sin that wears the golden crown in your life? Now, I'm not saying this to cause discouragement to anyone. I don't want to do that. But I want us to be wise. I want us to be spiritually wise, not spiritually ignorant. And so um, why would the Apostle Paul call them out by name? Yodia uh, and Syntyche. Why would he call them out by name? In order... Um, that all the churches to come would read this. Anybody reading the book of uh, Philippians is going to read this story. Um, There are some battles that are unique to you. You're not going to fight them once. You're going to fight them regularly. It's like having a crazy person live next door to you. So uh, another quick story. Since I don't follow my notes much on Sundays on 9 a.m. service, my wife tells a story about me walking her into the house because with a gun when we lived in Houston, and it makes me sound like one of these Second Amendment people. I know I, I, I'm for the Second Amendment. Don't get me wrong. I'm not doing politics. Um, it's in there for a reason, but I do understand there's a whole lot of crazy out there uh, related to that. So let me just stop with that. Um, and my we had a neighbor who was had severe mental health issues. And he would come down to our house with a steak knife and he would say, I need you to take this steak knife for me unless I hurt somebody with it. Well, that happened the first time. The next time he came down with a steak knife, I was like this. Y'all ready for this? Well, I'm hoping that everything is going to be all right. Re- y'all know what's happening up here. If you don't know what's happening, you're so sweet. God bless you. <laughs> but you need a mean uncle. Because you are a lamb waiting for me to be taken advantage of. I answer the door like this right here. Oh, let me pray for you. My brother, I hope the Lord works on your behalf and touches you right now. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, He was, it was a bad neighborhood. Yeah, I I stood on my porch one day and watched a girl. Uh, being um, uh, uh, attacked or beaten up or something right outside the fence. And I was on the phone with 911. And um, and as soon as I came outside, it stopped and and it went to the bushes and the police were there really quick. And uh, it was a bad neighborhood. But the crazy neighbor worried me more than the bad neighborhood. You understand what I'm saying? And then he invites you up to see his guns. He was crazy. And I'm like, oh, that's a beautiful gun. Anyway, you get the idea. There's some problems, you fight them over and over and over and over. And this is not the time to act like you don't face this because there's some things that you face because of who you are, not because of the devil. Now, you get to blame the devil for some stuff, but you have plenty of crazy all by yourself. I don't know why I was looking at you when I said that, sister, but I don't know. I shot that over your head. That was artillery to the people behind you. You see what I'm saying? Um, some trials come from who we are, not what we are exposed to. Um, and we need to have, <clears throat> what, what do you do if you know there's probably going to be a fight? You prepare for it. Now, in military terminology, uh, this is called a blocking force. Um, it is, comes out, and it is there, ready. It doesn't want to fight, but it comes out, and it is ready. So I'd like my blocking force to come out and help me here this morning. Where's my blocking force at? Ah! I've got a blocking force here today, but they're in there. <laughs> We're having a no blocking force. Uh, look at what? <laughs> Word. Come up here, my brother. Come up on a platform. You look too good to keep you down there. I need to show this sucker off. here. I love this young man right here. His dad doesn't always follow the will of the Lord, but this young man right here, this is good people. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. This is Isaiah. He's my blocking force today. If I know, watch this, if I know all my crazy is from over here, y'all forgive me, y'all are sweethearts over here. Watch. If I know all my crazy is over here, I'm gonna take a blocking force in my life. And I'm gonna live my life like this right here. That's not how all of us live. Some of us live like this. Come over here, my brother. Come just slouch down over here. Some of us live like this. Oh, I'll be fine. Oh, well, that's the prayed-through side over here, brother. They're all righteous. You, you, uh, okay, okay. Just kind of slump down like you're gonna take a little nap. right? No, no, no. Calm down. Take a breath here. Just just kind of just kind of lay down on the floor. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Some of us live our life like this. All of our crazy comes from over here and we don't make any preparation for the battle, we are going to have to fight. There's no way around it. Why am I gonna have to fight this imaginary battle over here? Because it's not what I'm going through. It's who I am. Euodia and Syntyche are going to get in a fight. Why? They just can't help themselves. They're always going to have difficulty. And the Apostle Paul is not afraid to make it public. And the only way they can recover from this is if they both pray through and quit getting in their own mind and start living in the mind of Christ. They need to make a lifestyle change, a thought process change, so the church can move ahead and not be stuck in religious civil war. They need to make some change. They need to get a blocking force. Come here, Isaiah. I want you to, uh, you're right here. I know my trouble's coming this way, all right? Now imagine, Brother Larry, hop up over here. We're going to use you as my, he's a dangerous man right here. Don't be deceived by his uh, advanced years, okay? Now, if he, if, if he moves over here, move over here. Not you. Come on, Larry. He's my trouble. He moves over here. All right, all right easy, 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 easy. That's an old man you're dealing with right there, Isaiah. You push him one time, he's got a broken hip. I mean. Okay, so take a step back over here. Step back up. No, 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 no. no. You stand right here and you come over here blocking force is no good over here. Do you? I know this is visual. Some people are visual learners. A blocking force is no good over here if my trouble's over here. (laughs) The only, watch, the only way I can make my my life better by a blocking force is if I know where the threat's coming from. (laughs) Once I know where a threat is coming from, I can say, "I need you over here. You don't have to fight. You don't have to make trouble. I just need you to keep your eyes on that good-looking older guy right there. And if he acts crazy, call his wife." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Appreciate. It. Give these guys a hand. Wasn't this fun? <laughs> what do you do in your life to? How shall I say this? Make a spiritual adjustment to the battles you know you're going to fight. I'm not running. I'm not jumping. I'm putting before you a spiritual foundational question. What adjustments do you make in your life? In the face of the battles, you know You are going to fight. Lord Jesus, I'm praying that some wisdom would work among your people, oh God. I'm praying that we would quit presuming that this battle we are in is just a simple thing and there aren't any deeply important spiritual principles at risk. And Lord, I pray you would let us awaken in our heart to the realization that once we start being spiritually effective hell is going to show up. And once we start making a difference, the demonic is going to show up. And so let us be wise as serpents and harmless as doves to make adjustments to the battles we know we are going to fight. We need a blocking force in our life. We don't want to fight, but we know fights, typically come from that direction. What is the trouble in your life? How is hell stirring up the dramatic against you? How is the enemy causing questions, doubts, fears, spiritual wrestlings within yourself? What does it come from? Where does it come from, I should say? Is it a repeat battle? Is it one time? Or has it been something you faced every time you go on a business trip, you fight the same battle? Is it okay if I preach kind of some Christianity here today? Is it a battle you fight every time you get on the internet? If you know you're going to fight. I'm going to pick an example. I'm going to pick an example of uh, how something can be repetitive in our lives and how we can deal with it. There is, in the story, pictures of great uh, men and women of faith who even so felt very inadequate. And that feeling of inadequacy was going to be the primary limiter on what they did for God. Why? Because it is a consistent battle. They fight over and over. So just to show the broad-based applicability of this, how many of you have fought feelings of inferiority in your life and it has limited you from doing things you would like to do for the Lord. Raise your hand all across the house. I could raise both hands because it's the story. It's the story of uh, my own testimony. Um, There is, even so in the Bible, examples given to us of people who fought a battle like this. Jeremiah seems like a dramatically powerful prophet. Jeremiah seems like a dramatically anointed prophet. Jeremiah seems like the kind of person who could show up and burn everybody's house down and sleep without any trouble. Jeremiah seems like the kind of person who can take names etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Jeremiah seems like he's bold, he is in charge, but let me tell you about Jeremiah. He was profoundly insecure and the Lord started a connection with him, an anointing upon him, a working relationship with him, not once he got organized and powerful. But he, when he felt inadequate. Right. Let me say that again because I'm afraid there's some people here, you're waiting for a false sense of security to start working for the Lord. Victory doesn't come once you get it all together. Victory comes when you give God your loaves and fishes. Yes. You don't wait till you own a food truck, a food pantry, and a nonprofit. You show up with loaves and fishes. I might have, should have preached this somewhere else this morning. I, 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 I need you. You're not going to talk back to me. That's okay. I'm not yelling at you. I, I, want you to, I want you to understand if I wait until it feels good, I'll never do anything for God. Um, when we start, uh, almost everything that has worked for us right up uh, is events or plans that right up to the very moment we kicked them off were terrifying. We didn't know if anybody had show up. When I started First Steps, I didn't even have a curriculum. I had put it off and put it off. I'd done seven curriculums. None of them were good enough. And so finally I said, we're starting this Sunday if it's just me and you. And so my wife went and bought a tray and we started. And guess what? We had people show up. The Lord's blessed it. It's been one of the most consistent ways in which people are connected to our church. When we started small groups, up, right up until the, the beginning of it, we were wondering if we were going to have enough groups where we could feel good promoting the whole thing. But guess what? God showed up. We had a conversation about it uh, yesterday. And, and Pastor Don's like, we've got people. They're still meeting. We don't talk about it a lot. But man, we've got successful small groups going right now. It started out with a sense of insecurity. We just started Celebrate Recovery. And... Sister Lisa and her team, they weren't sure. They were like, we'll find someone who's done it, and we'll go show up, and we did. We had more people there than they did. We we didn't even, we we didn't know, but if you wait until you feel ready, you're never going to get started. Back to Jeremiah. Um, He is uh, visited by God, and he's very well, uh, very much... Uh, uh, aware of his inadequacies. The Lord says to him, verse 5, chapter 1, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, Jeremiah. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, let me point out something that might be a surprise to you. Uh, Jeremiah was not an old guy. He was a young person when this happened to him. And this is what he says in response to uh, the Lord. Uh, Ah, sovereign Lord. Let me... uh, Skip through this for time's sake. I do not know how to speak, I am only a child. I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. And the Lord says back to him, don't say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command them. Do not be afraid of them for I am with you and will rescue you. What happens after that? Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I have Point you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overflow, to build, to build and to plant. Now, uh, how is it that some of us fight the battle of inadequacy over and over again? Because you're not walking through the valley of inadequacy, you be the problem. That's Geringer speak for quit looking somewhere else. You are the problem. It is who you are. Here's the thing to remember. The very thing that makes you weak in one context may make you strong in another context. The very fear of inappropriateness that makes you struggle with being bold also makes you really good one-on-one. It's not clear-cut. What is clear-cut is the the purpose of God in our lives, speaking through us, leading us for His purpose. Let me remind you, that if you struggle with feelings of inferiority, it is probably some concoction, some formula of these three things. Consistent disapproval or unbalanced approval or being habitually controlled by someone else. These are all inputs into your feelings of consistent inferiority. Now, this, why am I using this as an example? Because I needed an example to show you how once you know a battle, you're going to fight over and over and over. The solution is not coming to church defeated and asking God to strengthen your emotions again. The solution is placing a blocking force in your life, and you stand upon word and not on feeling. That's the difference in the morale of the army and the battle order of the army. We know an attack is going to come here. We don't have time. This is the story of Thermopylae. Don't have a lot of time to tell this story. But uh, they know the armies of uh, Persia are coming. They have to stop the army. They know they can't completely stop it, but they need time to prepare. And so they take 300 of their best soldiers, and they say, you go to the Gap at Thermopylae, and there, you just slow the army down so when they they get here, we will have time to prepare. The same thing is true in World War uh, II, Uh, even in World War I. uh, We had to have times mobilize, to train, to get there. You're shaping the battle you know you're going to have to fight, so let me ask all of you strong believers, the battles you know you're going to have to fight because they are formative to you. Would you please stop fighting them in your emotions? And would you uh, develop a blocking force that's built upon the promises of God and the word of God? And every time an attack comes from there, you quit sampling your emotions, asking yourself do I feel like I can win and rather, oh hallelujah, man I wish I could preach better you start standing on the promises of God. The difference is just word of God can fight for you. <laughs> when you don't have the strength to fight for yourself, yes. you need a blocking force in your life. Yes. I know I'm going to have to fight this inferiority battle. So what am I going to do? I'm going to develop a blocking force. It might be a scripture that I have memorized. It might be a memorial. All of you remember the story of crossing into the promised land, and uh, the Lord told them to take twelve stones out into the midst of Jordan, and there make a what? A memorial. So the children who come after will look, and when they ask the parents, What do these stones mean? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. I don't want you wondering why you're here. We're here because God placed us here. I don't want you fighting this battle every generation to come. I know it's human nature to seek meaning and ask why, but there's one question. I don't want you to fight on your, on your own. I want there to be a biblical, prophetic, promise-based memorial in your life that reminds you whenever you wonder how you got where you are, I want you to stand on the banks of this dividing river, and I want you to say, I'm here because God put me here. Look at the memorial right there. What? Is it's the memorial in your life that you live with. What is the promise you stand upon? Back to feelings of inferiority. They were formative to you. It is who you are. It may not even been uh, something that is because of a parenting or environmental. It might be a personality-based uh, thing for you to want things Uh, in your desire that you don't want to pay for in your discipline, and so you go ahead and drop the ball with being unprepared, and then uh, that failure produces feelings of failure, and you have in some way failed at the wisdom of knowing anything valuable in your life has to be paid for. So unless you're going to get someone else to pay for it, you need to come up with a plan to pay for it, and then you need to organize your life around the price you're willing to to pay, not around the lusts you wish you could fulfill. Right. Yes. If you're going to have to fight a battle, you need to, in some way, you need to understand some things. Here are three things in this moment God gives. Jeremiah. Number one, you're under my authority, not your authority. Number two, you're protected by my presence. Do not be afraid of them, not your presence. I will be with you and rescue you. And I am, the Lord says, the source of your ability. And here's the reality. I'm almost done. Here's the reality. God is the source of his ability. This happens at the very beginning of Jeremiah's ministry. And if Jeremiah misses this, he's going to fight a battle every day for the rest of his ministry. If he misses this, he's got to have a blocking force in his life. He doesn't need to fight this battle every day. He needs to have something that is prepped on the border of his formative limits that whenever I feel this, I'm not going through seven days of emotional roller coasters. I'm standing on the promises of God. Let me appeal to everyone who's ever sought to do something for God. If you place God's calling on the emotional roller coaster of your heart, you'll do nothing for God. You'll get church hurt and the people bitter. You've got to get the work of God off the roller coaster. And you've got to put in front of your human tendency to doubt, fear, and question. You've got to put a blocking force of God's promises. As soon as the devil shows up, you say, no, 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 devil, don't have time. Let me tell you, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for God. I don't have time for an emotional trip, hell. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for God. And I'm not standing here on my authority. I'm standing here on God's authority. There are some battles you fight not because of fear, but because of doubt. Maybe I am am not God's person. Maybe Maybe I'm just doing this myself. That's not a battle of fear. That's a battle of doubt. How do you fight doubt? You speak the word of God that's been given to you to the voices of doubt in your life. Here is a reality. I'm almost done. Musicians, you can come and play and remind me that I'm almost done. If Jeremiah misses this word at the beginning of his ministry, he will fight a certain battle every day for the rest of his life. So there are some things that if you miss God's purpose, God's promise, God's anointing, you will fight a certain set of battles every day for the rest of your life. Do you want to fight that battle every day for the rest of your life? If you don't want to fight it every day for the rest of your life, you need a spiritual blocking force, and you need to put it in place. It can be a memorial that God has given you. It can be a promise of God that you hold dear. It can be a passage of Scripture that you remember, but somewhere you you need to say every time this comes at me. I have a pre-prepared force, a pre-prepared promise, a pre-prepared blessing, so I do not stand in my own ability. But the battle has already been won and it's finished with. So, how, and I want you to know that I preach this message to myself. <sighs> I'm going to use a little bit of an example. And this is a little, perhaps a little bit too in, in, uh, of, of a look inside me, but sometimes I do that because I crave authenticity in ministry. I, I crave uh, people having a sense of that authenticity. Um, and so sometimes I overshare. Forgive me in advance. Um, I it, Sometimes I have some element in me that fears people not liking me or not thinking I, I'm, I'm good enough or finding harm with me. I am, by personality trait, and I know this through a fairly sophisticated uh, personality and even psychological tests, I know that I have a tendency to be a people pleaser. And I'm always trying to make people like me. And so the result of that is that when someone decides, and this happens on a none of your business occasion, <laughs> this happens on a regular level, people just don't like me. They don't get me. Uh, they, 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 they think I'm vain because I'm a cut up, uh, whatever. They don't get me. It's okay. There's no law anywhere that says everybody has to like me. Um, and In fact, if you want to drive yourself a smidgen insane, try to make everybody like you. Um, So um, I can carry, and my wife sees this more than I do because I sometimes am blind to it. I can carry a mourning in my spirit for far too long because someone didn't like me. I can carry this mourning in my spirit for far too long. And my wife will get so mad at me. Now I'm telling on you. She will get so, I've had her crying, punching the bed. So oh, man, why do you care? Now she says all kinds of thankful things. They're stupid. They're a loser. They wouldn't know what good church was if it grew fangs and bit them in the foot. <laughs> you know what she's saying right now? <laughs> Peanut <P-Nate> ain't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so if I know I have this tendency in me, it can destroy my faith for the rest of my ministry. It's a battle I can fight. What's the battle you can fight for the rest of your life? Let's stop. Let's stop. Let's stop. Let me tell you how I did it. I did it like this. The Lord gave me a word then one day, and he gave me He gave it to me through the uh, inimitable word and language of the Bishop T.D. Jakes. He said it like this. If you want to be a miserable preacher, y'all aren't hearing me. <laughs> Somebody stand up and get crazy praise for 30 seconds. No, just. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to be a miserable preacher, think about the people who left you. If you want to be a happy preacher, think about the people who stayed. Come on, somebody. So I have pre fought this battle. And when the enemy comes at me to refight this battle, I say this into the moment Yes, somebody left, but somebody stayed too. Yes, yeah, somebody left, but somebody stayed. What, what is your equivalent? Stand with me. What is your equivalent to a battle you know you're going to have to fight? Is it a moral thing? Why don't you pray about God putting a spiritual mentor in your life that you can be morally accountable to? That's biblical. Don't have time to preach that. Is it an emotional failure? Why don't you pray about God giving you a specific word that you don't have to refight that battle. All you have to do is re-quote that scripture. Why don't you pray about God putting a memorial in your life, something that you've been through. You, you go back there, and it might be something you do by going back to where God gave you a prompt. You might have been praying in your living room, and you remember where it happened, and you go back to that same spot, and you sit down in that same spot that you were praying in, and you say to all the emotional chaos of your life, God gave me a word right here. I came back right here to remind these little doubts and fears in me that God gave me a word. I don't have to fight this battle the rest of my life. I have a spiritual blocking force I'm putting in effect right now. If the battle starts, I'm already prepared to win. If the enemy comes, I'm already prepared to win. It's not going to surprise me, but God is with me. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I pray that we would be wise in the way. I pray that we would be wise in the journey. I pray that we would be prepared in the path. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast We'll be